You're listening to STS Podcast. We pray that this message will encourage you and give you hope throughout this week. So good to see everybody this morning, and I'm so glad that you're here. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Ryan, and I have the honor and privilege of being the youth pastor here at the Church of the Apostles. And if you're a guest with us, we're glad that you're here this morning. And if you're a regular attender with us, hang out with us all the time, we're glad that you're here as well. We know that God wants to say something big to you this morning. And we have times like this to set up our sessions in our small groups, what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. And so today, this morning, I'm going to be setting up what we're going to be talking about over the next five weeks in our small groups, in our, our, our small group time. And I'll tell you, I have thoroughly enjoyed our small groups, man. I hope you've enjoyed yours. Um, we've had a blast, and, and I, I get to hang out in our ninth grade small group. Today, as we set up this new series, the cool thing about this and how this kind of just fell uh, into places. This series will bring us up to Christmas. Can you believe it's November already? Oh my goodness. Like I, it, it is blowing me away. Christmas is already here. I went to Walmart yesterday. They had all the aisles out with the, the Christmas decorations. It was awesome. Went to the battery last night with some guys, watched the game, and uh, they already had the big Christmas tree at the battery. And it was just massive. We're going to be, over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking in our small groups about Jesus in the Old Testament, and it's going to set us up again for the birth of our King. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Isaiah, Isaiah, and we're going to use a lot of scripture today, so I'm going to ask you guys to, uh, to help me out with scripture. We're, we're going to kind of be in chapter 6, and then there's going to be different scriptures that I'm going to call out and ask you guys to read it for me. That would be awesome if you could help me out with that here in a little bit. But if you don't hear anything else I say, if, if you don't hear, if you tune out for the rest of today's talk, if you, if you say, I'm here, I'm going to listen, and then I'm going to go to sleep, and that's just, uh, that's fine too. But if you don't hear anything else, anything else from today's talk. This is the main point. This is the main takeaway from today's talk. And this is kind of where everything this morning is going to kind of round about, make it back to, if you don't hear anything else, this is the main takeaway. We cannot trust the New Testament if the Old Testament is false. All right, that's the main takeaway. We cannot trust the New Testament if the Old Testament is false. So if you're taking notes, that would might, that's the main takeaway this morning. We cannot trust the New Testament if the Old Testament is false. And I want to explain that. I want to explain what I mean over the next few moments. I want to kind of, kind of help you understand what I'm talking about and, and how this statement is 100% correct. This is not one of those where you, you think, well, it, it causes that tension. Well, what about this? What about this? And I want to talk about that a little bit too. So I've, I have always enjoyed writing, and that, that kind of is why, one reason I love to, to preach, that's one reason I love to teach, because I love to, to write sermons, I love to compile talks, I love to, to have devotion times where the Holy Spirit just kind of lays things on my heart, and, and I enjoy that, and, and I never want to have any misinformation. That's one of those things, if, you, if you're ever learning in English, if you're ever learning in English class or literature or anything like that, you always want to have the correct information. 
And in doing so, there is something, a, a formula, if you will, that if you fill out these five questions, if you fill out these five questions, you will have all the information that you need to have the exact information or the specific information on what you're writing about. And, and does anybody have an idea what those five questions are? Yeah, very good. The five W's, the five W's, who, what, when, where, and why? Now, some people add the sixth of being how, the five W's plus H, but that doesn't flow as well. And then the, uh, you know, the, the, the why and the where kind of answer the how. So you don't, you don't have to, well, the where doesn't do that, but the why kind of answers the how. So we're just going to stick with the five W's this morning, and we're going to talk about that. And I want to give a little example of the five W's. So this, is, this would be the who, We'll start with here. Who? Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, okay? No, it was just random. I chose this guy random because was, there was a penny on my counter and I said, oh, Abraham Lincoln. So Abraham Lincoln, who? What was Abraham Lincoln? President. The president. Which specifically, the 16th president of the United States. Does anybody know when? Yeah, two. Very good, 1861, 1865. He was the president where? Of the United States. Very good. What, when, where, and why was he the president? Very good. He was elected. Very good. That's a simple for me, Walton County. They elected him. Now, let's take another one. Let's take our beloved pastor, Michael Youssef. All right, Michael Youssef. So, and let's use, so we have the who, and then the what is Michael? He's a pastor or a rector. Uh, he's the pastor or rector. And then when was the church, or he was the pastor of Church of the Apostles? <laughs> so you're going, I don't know where he's the pastor of. Wait a second. So we'll have, we'll talk about that another day. But, and then if this is the 30th anniversary of the church, when did he start the, the church? 1987, very good. How many of you were born in 87? <sighs> no, you weren't. You're lying, Andrew. You're not. How many of you were born after 87? Okay. All right. That's, uh, I'm old. Where? Where? In Georgia, specifically? Atlanta, very good. And why did he do it? A Talbot, you're on it this morning. Gold star. Can everybody give a Talbot a golf clap this morning? A little golf clap, very good. Okay, now, somebody give me a name. Just a random name. Just, just, a, just a, a random name. Just Jimmy, all right, we'll use the word, the name Jimmy. Where is Jimmy and, and who is Jimmy? He's an architect. Jimmy's an architect. Jimmy the architect. And then when did he start architecture? 79, all right. And then uh, where did he do it? He started it in jail. And then why did Jimmy in 1979 want to be an architect? That was very good. Wanted to break out. So here's the deal. And we're not going to do this, but you could create any story using this, who, what, when, where, and why. And you can find out any information. And you can find out the full story, listen, if you have the backstory. And that's where you find that backstory by asking those five 
W's. And so if we're going to take Jesus in the Old Testament, and we're going to look at the backstory of Jesus in the Old Testament, the who, what, when, where, and why, using these five W's, we can specifically see Jesus and... I'll venture to say this, we can venture to, or we can specifically see Jesus in Isaiah, in Isaiah. But first, if we're going to talk about Jesus in Isaiah, wouldn't we need a little information on Isaiah? Because we, too many times I think we just come into church and we go, oh, okay, we'll just trust this. And that's great. That's what our faith is built on, trust. I, I believe that completely. But it helps when we have some, some grounding. We ha it helps that we have some information on why and who wrote these books of the Old Testament specifically. Because we see a lot in the New Testament, but we don't talk about the Old Testament. Here lately, unfortunately, I've heard a lot of talk. And it's been, it's been really disappointing on the validity of the Old Testament. And like I've heard pastors say recently, some of, some of my favorite pastors say that the, that the Old Testament is irrelevant and that the Old Testament is just, it's just a book of stories. And it's just a book of, of things that happened. And yeah, they were true, accurate events, but because Jesus came on the scene in the New Testament... We can discount and we can, we can say, uh, it's, it's just good stuff that we can learn from. I beg to differ. Because if we don't trust that the Old Testament is correct, the New Testament is false. And so we got to talk about the Old Testament. We need to understand the Old Testament. We're not going to talk about the whole Old Testament today. But specifically, again, we're going to take a look at Isaiah. So now if you're taking notes, write this down, the who. Who are we talking about? No, that is a Sunday school answer that is wrong. Who are we talking about? Isaiah. Very good. Everybody say it on the count of three. One, two, three. Isaiah. All right. So Isaiah, who, what? Now, what? He wrote a book of prophecy, a book of prophecy. This is, he is found, his book is found in the major prophet section of the Old Testament. His book actually starts from uh, Isaiah to Malachi, that's the whole prophet section. So you have uh, Isaiah and then a couple more that I can't remember right off the top of my head. And then it go, that's the major and then the minor prophets. And so you have these big, massive books starting with Isaiah about prophecy. Now, what is prophecy? Time out, time out. What is prophecy? That's an inspired word from God about the future or things to come. It's, it's inspired by God. Now, you got to keep in mind that the Holy Spirit was not present during the Old Testament. So these things were inspired and impressed on the heart by God, by God. Now, so you have Isaiah, the who, what, the book of prophecy, when. Now, you need to understand this was written 700 years before Jesus, 700 years before Jesus. The words that we're about to read were written 700 years before, before the coming king. So between Isaiah and Malachi, that was 300 years of writing because there was 400 years of silence. 700 years before Jesus comes on the scene. The who, what, when, where. And I, I told you this earlier, where are these found? These are found in the major prophet section of the Old Testament. And Why? Why? Now, this one's super important, so if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down. Isaiah speaks about God's judgment, and not just his judgment, his salvation. 
So Isaiah speaks on God's judgment and salvation. And so that once we look and know about Isaiah and we have a grasp of who Isaiah is and what he's writing about and where he wrote his stuff, that will help us set up the scene of Jesus in the Old Testament, specifically, again, in the book of Isaiah, which you'll be going through. And that's what you'll be doing over the next few weeks. So can someone look up Isaiah 7.14? Just raise your hand if you've got Isaiah 7.14. All right, Talbot. And then someone, you, you'll, I'll come back to you every once in a while because I'm going to use this verse a lot. Uh, 9.6, Isaiah 9.6. Can someone snag Isaiah 9.6? All right, you got it, Justin. All right. And so Talbot, you'll use 7.14, 9.6. How about someone get Isaiah 52.13? Isaiah 52.13. Jackson, you want to do that one? All right. So Isaiah 52, if you're taking notes, if you're going through, here's what I want you to do. Uh, We're going to talk about the who, what, when, where, and why of Jesus in the Old Testament, specifically Isaiah, and here we roll. Who? Isaiah 7, 14. Who's got that verse for me? 7, 14. Could you read that for me, please? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Which means God with us. us. Very good, very good. So who are we talking about? Emmanuel, Emmanuel. Now read, uh, Justin, I think you have 9-6, right? I want you to read the second part, 9-6, which would be considered B. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. So he will be called what? Wonderful? What else? Counselor, very good. What else? Mighty God. What else? Everlasting Father, what else? Prince of Peace. And specifically, who are they talking about? Very good. That's where you could throw Thank you, Charlie. The Sunday school answer is appropriate there. Jesus, very good. So who are we talking about in Isaiah? Jesus. But specifically, he, they, they call him by name Emmanuel. And although we don't see that name used in the New Testament, we see that, that Jesus was with us. He is God with us. And so we say, we say, and we have the who, and then the what. Justin, give me, give me the first part of that. The who, what. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. So, who, what. Unto us a child, a child will be born, and what, finish that out for me. And the government will be on his shoulders. So what are we talking about? We have the who, we have Jesus, but what specifically? A child will be born and the government will be on his shoulders. Well, So we say, when will this happen? When will this occur? Uh, Talbot, read that, read that first part of that verse that you had. This is 714 again. Yeah, and keep one more, one more. Okay, so when this happens, when is this going to happen? He doesn't say specifically a time, a date, but you will know this will happen when a virgin will conceive a son and have a son, and that's when you know Emmanuel is with us. So when is this going to happen? When this occurs. So we have the who, Jesus, the what, all the government, the Savior of the world, when 
a virgin has a baby, which is impossible. But that's when you will know this is going to happen. So where? Where is this going to happen? I want to, this is going to be a fun one. So I want you to read the uh, 9, 6 one more time, the full thing, Justin. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince So when Isaiah is writing this, he's writing this book of prophecy, he's specifically writing to the tribe of Judah. Now, he's, this is important that you see when we, when we get to this point of where, where will Jesus be born? And we don't specifically see it. We see it in, actually in Micah where Bethlehem is, is named, but you don't see it here. But it's very interesting that he uses this word us, us, because what tribe did Jesus come from? Judah. How cool is that? I mean, we're seeing this weave through the who, what, when, where, and why. And we see Jesus 700 years before he's actually on the scene. We see him in Isaiah. And then we have the why. Justin, read verse 7 for us, please. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish all right, so I want, you, I want everybody to, to dial in. Why did this happen? Read it one more time. Get ready, Jackson, because we're going to roll to you in just a second, okay? Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish. He will reign on David's throne, and the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Why did he come? To reign as king. But he, uh, he didn't just come for that reason alone. Now, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn this because there's a lot to read. So we're going we're gonna to look at Isaiah 52. So if you have, just dial them up in your phone, Isaiah 52. And we're going to start in verse 13, Jackson. And uh, we're going to go from 13 to 15, okay? Let's roll. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance, and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has been told they shall then they shall they see, and that which they have not heard they understand. He will be lifted up. What do you think that means? He'd be raised and lifted up. You think, at first off, you think, okay, that's what a king is. He's, he's high and lifted up. But then he goes, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man. What do you think that alludes to? The cross. Very good. So here's what I go to uh, verse 3 of, of chapter 53. Please. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we Keep going. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. All right, now I want you to lean in on this one. Why did Jesus come? Not only to be the king, not only to reign, 700 years before Jesus 
before this account happened, before this actually happened, Isaiah wrote these words. Verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And in his wounds we are healed. And with his wounds we are healed. Listen. He came as judge, and that's what a king would do. He would judge, but not just a judge. He came for salvation to bring us salvation. We see this in Isaiah. And this is so important. This is such a, this is such a big deal. It's such a big deal. And we sit here and we go, so what's the point? Ryan, we get it. We've heard about it. We've, we've seen it in children's church and we, we've heard about it in STS and we've heard about it in big church. And, 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 but what's the point? Why is it such a big deal to see Jesus in the Old Testament? Well, I'm so glad that you asked because there's specific proof a specific proof not, that not just any person or Savior could come and fulfill every prophecy made about him in the Old Testament. Listen, there's over 100 prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus, 108 specifically. There's 108 prophecies that are said repeated about 300 times. Different prophecies, different people, at different points, in the Old Testament. Now, I got this book, a buddy of mine, he is, I've met this guy a couple of times, a guy named Josh McDowell, this guy, he was big kind of a long, back when our adults were hanging out in, in student ministry, he was pretty big, and he's got, he's still writing books, and this book actually, he, this is a remake of his book, they came out in like 1979, I think was the year that this officially came out, but Evidence That Demands a Verdict, so if you're taking notes, write this book down, you need to add it to a collection, um, so how many of y'all went to South Dakota with us? A handful of you, awesome. Um, so, so in South Dakota, we get back to Denver after the lovely seven and a half hour trip from the Badlands to Denver, and and we pull up to the curb, and I get out of the curb and I see this bearded guy standing there on the curb, and I'm like, Justin Nations, what in the world are you doing? And I met this guy a couple years ago. I haven't seen him in person. I'm telling you, it has, been, it has been years since I've seen this dude in person. And um, he's actually Josh McDowell's assistant. Like number two to Josh McDowell, he, he helps Josh book everything. And he, he's, he's just, he's like Josh's number two. And so message him back, you know, the next day and say, so good to see you. And, we, and this happened, what, or earlier this summer? Last two weeks ago, he messaged me and said, uh, hey, Josh has got a remake of his book coming out. Would you want a copy? I was like, yes, duh. I don't read, but I'd love to have a copy. And um, so, so he sent me a copy of his book. This all is going somewhere. So you're going, Ryan, shut up with the story, but I, I have to kind of get it to it. So I'm looking at this book. I'm checking it out. I'm thinking about today's talk. I'm thinking about what we're talking about over the next few weeks in small groups, and I'm looking up this this uh, this story of Jesus in the old, or not story, but this fact of Jesus in the Old Testament. And this name comes out, and his name is Peter Stoner. Peter Stoner. He was a professor that grew up. I think he was born in like 1888 and lived for a long time, and and uh, he was. I think he died in like 1980. This guy was super smart, super smart, and he was really smart in science and mathematics. 
And when Peter Stoner, uh, when he was reading the scripture and he was reading the Old Testament, he's trying to figure out the, the, the mathematical probability for Jesus to fulfill, or a person, if you will, to fulfill all 108 prophecies. All 108 prophecies. And, and this is why there are way smarter people than me that come up with something really, really cool like this. He says, so <clears throat> you take the, the state of Texas, you take the whole state of Texas, which is humongous. Have you ever been, anybody ever been to Texas? I've been to Texas. Uh, God bless Texas. And, and, uh, so, so Texas is this big, huge state. And he said, you take it and you fill the whole state of Texas with silver dollars. Whole state of Texas with silver dollars. This is a silver dollar. He said, you take all of it. And then not only do you fill the whole state of Texas with silver dollars, you put it knee deep. Take the whole state of Texas knee deep. And then you take one silver dollar and you put a check mark on one silver dollar and put it somewhere in the, in the state of Texas. Remember, silver dollars cover the whole state. Put one in the middle or wherever. It doesn't have to be in the middle. It could be anywhere in the state of Texas. And then you take somebody and you put a blindfold on them. And you say, all right, on the count of four, not because count of three, because that's boring. So on the count of four, you say, I want you to go out there and I want you to find the silver dollar with a black X on it or a black check on it throughout the whole state. And this one silver dollar with the X on it or the check on it, excuse me, symbolizes eight prophecies that Jesus, that Jesus uh, fulfilled. And if that happens, well, what's the probability of that happening? <laughs> low, like super low, like it was 10 to the 257th power, I think. It was something, it was something crazy. And if you've been coming on Wednesday nights, as we've been going through True You, we, two weeks ago, we talked about all those big numbers that were like, but I wanted to give you this visual because the likelihood of that to happen would be super low. But let me tell you, STS, not only did Jesus fulfill eight, he fulfilled a hundred more. Exactly how the Old Testament said he was going to. Exactly how the Old Testament said what was going to happen. And when I say the main point at the beginning of our talk that we cannot trust the New Testament if the Old Testament is false, we cannot trust the New Testament if the Old Testament is false. And let me tell you, the Old Testament is not false. It's 100% accurate. Everything happened from start to finish, from Genesis to Malachi. And the prophecies, some have been fulfilled and some are being fulfilled. But the ones about Jesus that happened, specifically about him coming to earth, happened exactly like the Old Testament said it was going to happen. And so over the next few weeks, as we dive into our small groups, the who, what, when, where, and why, as we talk about these different things in more depth, I only have a few minutes today, but you're going to talk about these in your small groups in more depth and see and pull these truths. And so that when you leave after this series, we're almost done. When you leave after this series, man, you'll be able to know that the Old Testament is true, specifically about Jesus in the Old Testament. Let's pray. 
God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth. I thank you for these teenagers. God, I pray that you would just speak truth into them over the next few weeks. God, I pray that you would show them something that they've never seen. Illuminate their eyes to the truth of the Old Testament, the truth of the gospel, the truth of you, Jesus, fulfilling everything. Everything that was said about you. So Lord, today, let us give you glory. Lord, this week, let us give you praise. Let us call upon your name when we're in times of trouble and let us worship your name in good times. Lord, I thank you for these students. They mean so much to me. I pray that you would just bless them this week immensely. Lord, I pray that if it would be your will that every single one of them will pass every test that they take, even if it's with a 70. That's okay too. So Lord, I love you and it's in Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a great, great week. We'll see you upstairs. Thank you for listening. You can check out other messages of this and other series at stsatlanta.org slash podcast. Have a blessed day.